0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside Physician Recruiting. My guest today is Corey Kleinschmidt of Locumedia. Corey, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I know your background in the industry goes back uh, quite a few years. How did you get started in the staffing
1: world? Accidentally, like I guess a lot of people probably. Um, I had a former boss who knew an owner of what is now one of the three largest locum tenants firms and uh, my former boss's wife and this uh current owner's wife were friends and this was the late 90s when uh yahoo stock was rising 20 30 every day and you know the internet economy was booming and uh so you know everybody was wanting to get in on the the internet gravy train and uh so my former boss called me up, said uh, friend, the wife of his wife, uh, or a friend of a wife, something like that, uh, wanted to get uh, into the internet and start up a, a company to create internet-based companies. And uh, as part of one of our first projects was to create uh, what became the, the industry's uh, largest local tenants job board. And so I became a business partner of, of, uh, this, uh, current, uh, industry Titan and my former boss. And, uh, I was sort of like the internet whiz kid at the time. Uh, of course, you know, now the, the whiz kids today know 10 times what I knew back then, but back then there, there weren't many people who knew the internet and knew user experience and website development and design. So, um, So we got together, created this company. And uh, like I said, our first client was building this job board for uh, uh, the the business owner's um, uh, one of his staffing companies. And at the time, when I heard Locum Tens for the first time, I I kept thinking when my former boss introduced this proposition to me, he was saying local tennis. (laughs) And he went on for like
0: you and half the doctors I used to talk to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you hear all kinds of things. It's, it's funny, but, uh, so for 30 minutes, he was going on about what I thought was a tennis company. And I was just <laughs> hearing him like, I have no interest in, I mean, I like tennis, but I don't really want to work professionally in tennis. But, uh, so I stopped him and said, what are you saying? Are you talking about tennis? Like, you know, <laughs> or, or something else. And he's, and he said, no, locum tenants, tenants. I'm like, well, what is this? I don't know what you're talking about. You're saying doctors and tennis balls and all this stuff and so i didn't know anything about it but i but i knew i was pretty resourceful and knew that i could figure anything out and so we got together uh put together a prototype hired a developer to help build it out and uh and it turned into something that i was really passionate about and as a marketer i found it very fascinating because a lot of times when you're marketing you don't really know who your audience is but when it comes to local tenants the audience uh, is pretty clear and you know what they want. And uh, so it simplifies the job to a degree, puts some constraints on it, but allows you to kind of creatively market within those constraints. And so I found that to be a pretty interesting uh, approach. And uh, over time, we got absorbed into the parent company uh, and created the digital marketing program for 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 this company, which uh grew to encompass a variety of software and staffing companies, uh, primarily physician staffing uh, on the staffing side, but um, also with uh, anesthesia and other areas. And on the software side, they did uh, operating room software and um, other kinds of hospital-related software. So got to learn quite a bit about um, the locum tenants industry throughout that process, and it, it kind of set the stage for um, for my interest in the industry.
0: So fast forward many years, obviously, you know, your expertise in marketing and everything you built on the tech side, you decided to launch Locumpedia. Talk to us about that. What, what, what led you to, you know, create that? What exactly
1: is it? Well, Locumpedia, I'm calling it the first digital platform for the locum tenants industry. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. Uh, but during my time uh, at, at this, uh, again, what is now one of the three largest local tenant staffing companies, um, as part of my experience with the, the startup company we we launched in the late '90s, uh, we did start some other internet startups. One of them became a, uh, of all things, a uh, alcohol importing company. Again, another thing I. Didn't know anything about in terms of marketing, but uh, grew to love quite a bit. When you taste free samples, that's always fun. And um, so got the bug of entrepreneurialism. And as I learned more about the industry during my time at the corporate group in Atlanta, I realized that it was um, there was a lot of opportunity that I think were being uh, opportunities that were being missed. Uh, to take the model that we created with this uh, free job board and to apply it to other industries that that in, are involved in the locum tenant space, like allied health, um, pharmacy even, um, dentistry, and, and other, other medical professions that rely on temporary uh, staffing. Um, that didn't quite pan out, and sort of like uh, over had some creative differences and so um i left to pursue some other work i did a lot of consulting for local tenants' agencies after that point and uh realized that the concept that i had could could really be applied or extended beyond just um job boards and other directly recruiting related uh, uh uh services into uh encompassing things like um content um, resources news coverage um, as well as other tools that the industry uses in its daily operation and could benefit from so i saw a real there was a magazine called locum life that was a little yeah. publication a lot of people old timers remember it and it was it was actually a really good magazine even if you are you don't really know too much about the industry. You're not, you know, it was aimed at doctors primarily, but it was really just a good read. They did a good job of reporting on the industry and writing case studies, selling the locum tens lifestyle about, you know, how you can, you can take temporary shifts in in Florida in the the winter and, um, you know, double up vacation and work at the same time. Or if you like skiing, you know, go uh, skiing in the winter and work, and uh, it was a really interesting publication. And um, it went digital only, I think, in 2000, 2012 or something like that. And it folded a couple of years later. So there was a real void in the industry of, of news, what's going on in the industry, and explaining and selling the locum tenens lifestyle to, to providers. And so I kind of thought that it would be really neat to combine all of these entities in one, one thing. Um, you know, we didn't really use words like platforms, you know, 10, 12 plus years ago. But essentially that was the, I realized the vision that I had was, was building uh, an industry portal. That was more than just a portal, a starting point, but a true guide, comprehensive guide to the industry. Um, like I said, news coverage, resources for doctors, but also recruiters and staffing companies and hospitals, understanding what's going on in, in uh, physician staffing. In, in the locum tenants industry, and um, finally got around to building uh, a job board of our own on top of our platform, as well as a uh, sort of like a Yelp like directory of locum tenants staffing companies. It's the most comprehensive uh, directory it, uh, of its kind online, and we're continually adding new staffing companies that we, uh, we encounter. It's a and question we'll for you. A story to the industry.
0: I, I always use the number 200. I'm just curious, is that still accurate? I mean, how many locums companies are out there? Cause it seems like every time I go to a show, there's a couple, you know, three to five names I've never seen before. Is 200 still the range or? I
1: think 200 is the right number that I've heard. We, I've heard that number from multiple sources. We're only able to find about 140 in our research so far. Um but but I've heard that 200 number from – I think there are a lot of really small companies that yeah. really don't have much of an online presence. Um, but, you know, we were at – we exhibited at the NALTO conference in San Antonio in, last month in, fe- in February and, you know, heard of several new companies that we'd never heard of before that we're working to add to our directory. And then, of course, you, we, we covered – uh, wrote a news story about eight new members that joined Nalto in fourth quarter of last year alone. So that, that's a pretty significant growth. And these some of these are really established companies that came from travel nursing and are just getting into locums. That's one thing that we've heard <clears throat> in talking to a lot of uh, folks at the, these past few conferences, that there's a lot of companies that are, in, that are either travel nursing or advanced practice or – um, or a combination of the two who are just starting to dip their toes in the in the locums of waters and um, and it's actually led to some consulting work for us because they've wanted to, to talk to us about how they can uh, carve out a niche for themselves in you know in the in the physician staffing world and um, so uh, that's kind of led to some interesting collaboration opportunities mm-hmm. that we're having with these companies but but that's a common refrain we're hearing is that, you know they're aware that locums is booming. Uh, the industrys projected to grow um, anywhere from five to ten percent this year uh, reached about five billion last year. and so um, yeah, a lot of people kicking the tires trying to figure out if they can if they can make locums work for them. Um, so, so. so would you
0: say that it's maybe fifty percent focused on the recruiting, industry side salespeople, sort of people in the industry of locums and the other 50 percent is on providers that are interested in finding out how does locums work what is it is it pretty kind of evenly divided between those two
1: i would say so um our goal is to really be the ultimate resource for Lopen tenants uh in terms of not just uh you know information but also tools and services and so we really want to be the the most comprehensive resource uh, and tool provider for all the stakeholders, all three staffing firms, providers, and healthcare facilities. And but right now, we're primarily marketing to the staffing firms, um, and providers. So I would say it's probably more like sixty percent uh, staffing companies and forty percent in terms of our content focus and our marketing gotcha. focus right now. But we do see a huge opportunity to, uh, for example, publish premium uh, research reports uh, for hospitals to help them understand how they can maximize locums for their facilities. Strategies that they can, uh, that they can, that they can take to um, kind of lower their costs or, or just you know, make locums work for them financially. Our, our ultimate goal here is to kind of bring some transparency to the industry Uh, help staffing companies reach providers at a lower cost. That's why basically everything we're doing is a a freemium model. So, you know, we're giving away all of our news uh, research reports that we're publishing currently, our our newsletter, our job board, and some other tools we're excited about that we're going to debut soon um, while monetizing traffic and through advertising and things like that. But to build uh, premium capabilities, um, in terms of research reports that help all the stakeholders in the industry, not just staffing companies. Right. So we want to be the ultimate resource for everyone and ultimately build this to be a platform that hospitals are on, staffing companies are on, and, of course, providers.
0: So sort of being at the intersection of those three, the providers, the staffing companies, hospitals, as clients, what are you sort of seeing and hearing about the state of locum tenens what are the what are the good things what are the pain points you know what are some common and consistent themes you you sort of hear i know you were like you said just at nalto what are you hearing out there
1: well there's a um i mean we've covered multiple times written stories about how a lot of staffing companies are uh, experiencing rapid growth and uh, so they're trying to ride the wave and, and uh, you know, hiring is a big, <laughs> is a big issue. Um, I mean, companies that we talk to, that we consult with, are not able to hire fast enough. Um, it only, it's really a rising tide lifts all boats scenario uh, in the story we wrote where last year, late last year, Uh, talking about SIAs, staffing industry analysts, projections of industry growth, um, looking at their list of the, uh, you know, the top uh, locum tenants companies in terms of revenue. I mean, revenue for, you know, revenue figures have gone up across the board. I mean, rapid, rapid growth is what what we're seeing and hearing. Um, So it's it's, – you know, it's kind of funny. It's like with the physician staffing shortage, that's obviously a, a big issue that leads to a lot of locums uh, engagement on the part of healthcare facilities. I think the, the staffing companies themselves are seeing that um, shortages of, of trying to find, you know, they're impeded, their growth is impeded by being able to find, you know, the, the biz dev people and the recruiters and the, the back office people to support all this. And so, um, You know, that that seems to be the biggest thing that we hear. Um, You know, granted, we're not on the inside of these organizations, so we we don't know necessarily about uh, other related factors, but um, there's certainly the sense that there's a lot of growth out there to be had. Um, There's a lot of new companies. It's interesting because there are a lot of new companies, staffing companies getting into the business. And so there's a lot of jockeying going on. There's, uh, you know, we've heard there's some consolidation going on with uh, uh, staffing companies purchasing uh, job boards, and and uh, there's a lot of consolidation in general uh, acquisitions of, of yeah. different industries. Companies are, you know, so it, it seems, and we're we're working on a story that talks about what, some of these things that are going on in terms of consolidation, and that takes a look at how some of these dominoes that are falling might affect the larger um, healthcare staffing industry in the next few years. Um, there's a lot of new tools coming. There's a lot of companies we talked to who are, who are also trying to build tools to, uh, to capitalize on the growth in the industry. And of course, we're, we're one of those companies looking to build tools to, uh, to essentially build an operating system for, for local tenant staffing. But uh, it's an exciting time. There's so much going on and there's no shortage of of stories for us to coverage cover in terms of, right. of industry developments.
0: What do you think's changed the most? I mean, I know you mentioned late nineties when you were, you know, sort of back building that original job board. I mean, obviously a lot of years have passed. What do you think's changed the most about the industry?
1: Oh, I would say there's quite a bit. You know, there's always the specialty mixes that are, are different uh, that have evolved over time. It seems like uh, staffing focuses primarily on it, um, uh, inpatient uh, specialties. Of course, COVID had a major effect on the industry. Um, you know, I think we'll see the reverberations um, uh, from the, the pandemic for many, many years to come. Um, it really scrambled everything, uh, and really, you know, the, the, the staffing shortage has gotten to a, an extreme situation. Um, that's something that's always been around. You know, you always heard about the physician shortage 10, 20 years ago, but it's steroids now. And so, you know, that's contributing to the growth of the industry, and, and I think that's going to be a factor that is a perhaps headwind for a lot of, uh, the industry's growth. You know, if there's not enough providers out there, a lot of doctors got out, got out of practicing because of COVID retired early. Um, so in terms of, you know, uh, the, the workforce in general as the baby boomers retire, there's, there's a lot more healthcare demand. Obviously costs are going up, um, for, for anyone involved in the healthcare marketplace. And, um, So all these things are contributing to, uh, I think, a dynamic of of rapid change. And, and, you know, so with these influx of companies getting into locum tenant staffing, it's it's um, change is happening rapidly. Another area I would say is that the obviously there's been a lot more platformization in general in terms of um, of of the staffing industry with the with the um, VMSs, vendor management systems and managed service providers, Um, you know, these things that have always been just like a nuclear fusion, always 10, 20 years away are are finally uh, uh, coming to fruition and becoming an accepted part uh, or an expected part of the staffing mix. Um, That's been a pretty big change uh, using uh, facilities, using VMSs to manage their vendor relationships. Um, and in general, I think staffing companies have gotten much more uh, tech savvy. Uh, when when we were doing what we were doing 20 years ago, building this job board and introducing digital marketing uh, to these industries, they were very, obviously, very telephone-centric. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so now you have texting of providers as routine. Um, after another thing that was sort of like everyone – believed it was just a matter of time before recruiters and and, uh, providers would have a text, uh, well, maybe text centric relationship rather than a phone centric relationship rather than an email centric relationship. That's a big change. Um, Providers have gotten more tech savvy as well. And so, you know, you have provider portals, whereas online on, on staffing company websites, whereas before everything was paper-based. And so, Digitization has become a big factor and um, uh, and led to a lot of efficiencies um, in the industry. And I think that trend will continue. Platformization, uh, digitization, uh, both in staffing and in healthcare in general. And, you know, the staffing shortage, uh, industry consolidation. These are some of the big trends that we're watching uh, now in
0: so, if if you had to put your you know your future hat on it and take a guess here, if you've got this world we operate in, where you know hospitals, there's a lot of M and A activity. One could likely assume that we're going to have less hospitals ten years from now than we do now with consolidation. You've got an ever growing list of staffing companies. You've got a shrinking pool of providers. Obviously, that does a couple of things. It drives up pricing, makes it more competitive. Um, makes it more challenging for hospitals who are essentially competing within this space. How does this all shake out? I mean, if you look 10 years down the line, what's different about the model or the the, the types of players or the numbers of players in the industry a decade from now?
1: Oh, well, I think there's a lot of implications around that. One thing that is a hot topic today, um, you know, marketer, marketing folks, in particular, salespeople can't get enough of is artificial intelligence. Um, you know, we're 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 working on a tool that uh, that we're calling a locum tenens job description, a builder using GPT uh, AI um, language processing with some simple inputs to create a, a really compelling job description. Um, so you know, kind of automating, semi automating the process of taking a a coverage request or a job order and putting it into an advertisement and getting uh, that in front of the provider audience. Um, I think we're gonna see out of necessity because of the shortage and this this consolidation and the cost increase, we're gonna see continuing um, focus on uh, automation, tools that will lower costs, uh, reduce friction, um from various processes i mean let's face it the the staffing model is still very like a lot of uh, um the business world it's very still based on an, an outmoded foundation the way we used to do things for you know decades and hundreds of years and that battleship is just still barely slowly turning Um, I think we haven't seen anything yet in terms of of what technology is going to do to the staff or to the healthcare industry and by extension, the staffing industry. Um, You know, I think we're going to see just like we're talking right now uh, remotely. And uh, I think we're going to see an increased focus on telemedicine uh, when a doctor can be in one place or multiple places at one time as opposed to being location specific. You know, there's a lot of talk about. About how AI might be increasingly used to diagnose patients, and so uh, there's, there's been a lot. Of, I think there's been some studies done that show that AI is more effective at finding, uh, you know, cancer in in um, in X-rays than than a human doctor can, and so we're we're barely at the outset. Of that kind of digitization and uh, platformization and AIization of of healthcare, and that's going to have some pretty uh, significant effects. I think also in the staffing agency uh, model, I think is going to continue to evolve. And uh, you know, a lot of industry folks I talked to ten years ago, and I predicted to a former client of mine that all of his recruiters will be virtual. Um, one day before he, before he realizes sooner than he thinks. And, uh, of course, thanks to COVID, uh, you know, we saw that trend, people who work from home, like I have for most of the past 20 years have been saying that there's no reason that people really need to be in an office. And when you, when you accept that this virtual setup is, is a, is a more efficient way of doing business, then you know, you let go of office space, you know, you can reinvest that kind of physical presence into technology to really enable productivity.
0: One thing it does in in the locum space, especially because, you know, I see this with my own company, obviously locums, you know, know, grew up in Salt Lake City area. And then you have Atlanta, you have South Florida, you have Dallas that are sort of the hotbeds. And because of that, really before COVID, anybody that wanted to work in the space really had to be in those cities. Obviously, there's a lot of talented people not in those cities, but now because of the work from home, we're able to hire the best of the best and they could be anywhere. And I think it's, it's interesting because I think the companies that have adopted that, it definitely gives you a leg up because you're able to have a much wider pool of people you can go after in terms of growth of hiring. And, you know, like you said earlier, one of the big challenges these locums companies have is, you know, it's great that the business is there, but if you don't have the recruiters and the salespeople and everybody to source and you know bring this in and manage it, you know you're you're struggling to find talent. And the more that they allow people to work remotely, the larger talent pool they have to draw on.
1: Exactly, and you know we could go on a tangent about that, but it's better for workers, you know, wellness yeah, and uh, absolutely uh, productivity all the time saved, and yeah, you're you're not limited geographically to find the best talent. and uh, so, you know, I, I think we're just at the beginning of really what that means for an industry like this that that's right. always been distributed. Like rarely do recruiters actually meet uh, physicians. Rarely do account managers or business developers or whatever you know staffing company job titles are that interface with with client facilities. Rarely do they actually step foot in those client facilities. So, um, you know, I think we'll we'll see an increasing focus, you know, something I've been predicting for a while that hasn't come come true yet is, you know, free agent recruiters um, who essentially are are their own, their own bosses who use platforms uh, to manage their providers and to hook up with other, um, you know, uh, account managers, to, to kind of have like a virtual one-person staffing company. I mean, I don't want to upset too many of, of my agency friends, but uh, you know, that's something to be aware of is that just as we've seen with COVID and the rapid technological changes over the past few years and with AI coming, I mean, th- there's, you know, I've, I've watched so many YouTube videos of of people smarter than I am saying that we, most people have no idea what's about to happen terms of AI and how it will enable, you know, recruiters to sort of automate the drudgery part of their jobs and, and really just focus on the relationship aspect. I mean, really, that's what, you know, what do value do do we or recruiters really bring to the table? It's not, can they write good emails? It's not, you know, are they good at managing their time necessarily? Even if it's, uh, there's a lot of automation coming that's going to really, change how how information gets moved around and uh, you know and how that sets real world activities in motion it's it's you
0: know it's almost like a it's almost like if you would a real estate model where you know right now all the big staffing companies have the databases right it's just like yahoo google facebook all have the databases but as we're moving to the blockchain and the decentralized ledger it's doing the same thing right it's democratizing that so there's nothing stopping somebody from going out and building up this massive database and way to access providers and then just going out into the marketplace and saying, I need 500 independent recruiters who want to work from home and basically tap into my database and do their own thing. It's just sort of putting the pieces together in a different way. And I don't see any reason that wouldn't happen.
1: Exactly. I mean, it'll probably take a while to get to that point and the industry will probably evolve quite a bit between now and then, but, um, yeah, I mean it's it's changes afoot. Oh, interesting
0: um, times for sure, definitely. So, last question for you, and, and this doesn't have to be about staffing, but what is something that
1: you would recommend to the audience, and why? Oh, geez. Well, I sort of feel obligated to pass on the received wisdom uh, that I've been just talking about. More is that if you aren't looking into AI, artificial intelligence tools. If you aren't looking into platforms to to manage uh, operations and and you know streamline and automate as much as you can, now is the time to start doing it. Um, you know it, it's there are so many things that are changing so rapid. The companies that basically have an AI strategy are the ones that will be left. Maybe in right. five years, the ones that don't are going to find themselves left behind. Faster than you could ever realize, it, it, based on what I'm reading, and again, smarter people than me are saying this: that a revolution took place when ChatGPT was launched in November, and companies that are not incorporating not ChatGPT is just one application of AI. It's based on language processing, um, but art generation. You know, you've you've seen things like Dal e right. um, which is also from OpenAI. OpenAI created DAL E then DAL E2. It's a much more sophisticated rendering engine and then released Chat GPT in November, as I mentioned. Um any company can actually yeah, sign up
0: open sourced it.
1: The API yeah. and um and start incorporating that it into their tools, and that's what we're incorporating into our uh locum tenants job description builder. And we've only just started testing it and without even starting to tweak it yet, the, the results are phenomenal. And I think it's really going to upend every aspect of how business operates. But since we're talking about, you know, uh, healthcare recruiting, um, in particular, it's going to change so many aspects of, 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 the way communication occurs. Obviously it's a very communication, uh, centric business model and, it, so, companies really should start getting serious about having an AI strategy. Yeah. That's what
0: I would say. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. I actually posted something recently, and I believe what I said was AI won't replace recruiters, but recruiters will be replaced by recruiters who are using AI. Yes, you know, I saw so that. And don't, don't, I was
1: you like,
0: don't, you know, don't, don't, don't fear that. the tool, fear the person using the tool, because i agree with you i think it's going to be two camps there's going to be winners and losers There are going to be people that jump on this and just explode and they're going to be people that are sitting back waiting unfortunately i think most of the people sitting back waiting are going to be on the hospital side because they typically are slower to move and i think the staffing companies are going to be the ones quicker to move and quicker to adopt which makes it again more expensive and tougher for hospitals to recruit so it's going to be an interesting time. Um, I'm looking forward to other, you know, work you guys put out on the site and articles you're putting out. And, and I definitely appreciate you coming on and, and sharing with us. And uh, let's definitely keep in touch. Love to have you on in the future and kind of talk about changes you're seeing on your side as well. You bet. I love the opportunity. Thank you so much, Jerry. I appreciate of course. It. So I appreciate everybody. I hope you enjoy the episode and uh, stay tuned for coming episodes soon.